0: Hello, friends, and welcome to your midweek edition of the Kingdom of Anglia podcast. Rotherham United are exactly who we thought they are. They're a good, physical, well schooled, well oiled machine. And they beat Ipswich Town 2 0 last night at Portman Road, which leaves us asking who are Ipswich Town? Because they might not be perhaps what we thought they're making their way to being. I'm Mark Heath, I'm your host with me today just one of my fellow kings because the rest are on holiday on days off etc Andy Warren who's just told me I don't have a lot to say about this game so this could be a short podcast friends <laughs> what is our record for uh
1: for for
0: short I think short about 20-25 minutes something like that so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, see. Try and, we'll try and stretch it out to half an hour I'll just chat shit if we're if we're struggling. Um, Hutchie, we said it was a big game. It was a big game. If it's Town against Rotherham are now top of the table at Portman Road, coming off the back of that frustrating 2-0 loss at Sunderland on Saturday. We've said before, in this new era, it seems different to other other eras where the town couldn't lay a glove on the big promotion rivals. Um, but unfortunately, last night, that was maybe the case, wasn't it, by the sound of it? Yeah, and I think, I
1: think a lot of that you have to... Obviously, we're we're going to talk about Ipswich's shortcomings um, throughout the next twenty to twenty five minutes. <laughs> um, but um, I think I think first and foremost, I think you need to you need to acknowledge what what Rotherham have been and what they continue to be. Um, this is the third the third meeting between the teams in in League One and and all three games uh, all managed by Paul Warren for Rotherham uh, obviously two Paul Lamberts and one Paul Cook for Ipswich but all th- all three have kind of gone this way um, arms length hmm. um, very solid from Rotherham uh, Ipswich unable to really get past that and and get beyond it and um, and Rotherham coming away with. With the win that all three games have ended that way, and 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 I think a lot of people, um, myself included, um, would have gone to Portman Road last night, fearing exactly that, um, and ultimately, um, ultimately saw maybe what we,
0: what we all feared may happen. Mm. There are a couple of things that struck me from um, content last night that, that you put out um, in your report. You said that Portman Road felt a bit flat maybe uh, alluding there to what you've just said, Um, people fearing the worst before kickoff. And also you said, both you and Stewie said independently that from around 50, 55 minutes onwards, you just felt like town weren't going to get back Mm. in the game. Yeah.
1: That's Rotherham. That's what, that's what Rotherham (laughs) do to teams. If you get, if you get on the back foot against a team like Rotherham, Mm. um, they're set up well to kind of put you on the back foot in the first place they're they're high on energy they're physical they're they may be maybe slightly different to the previous versions of Rotherham that we've seen in, in terms of maybe having a bit more a bit more pace about them a bit a bit less brute force a bit more pace but but if they they're set up to come out fast and 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 sort of try and put you on the back foot and if they do it they're then built to kind of constrict themselves and make it hard for you to get back into the game and at, certainly at 2-0 down um, I think you'd have found a very optimistic soul inside that ground if you'd found people that genuinely thought there was a, a serious route back into that game. It would have needed some kind of bolt from the blue, lightning strike to get one, and then hmm. then it's game on, isn't it? But it, it, that's just that's just how it felt, sadly, and it's a, an all too familiar, all too familiar
0: feeling. Okay, so let's let's get down into it then. Where where did it go wrong? Why can't Town lay gov on Rotherham? Yes, everyone's come out and said the brutal truth is that. Rotherham are just a better team and that's going to happen in sport isn't it unless you are the king of kings the best team out there you're going to come up against other better teams and you are going to lose games and we know town are going to lose games but it's the nature of the defeat isn't it Sunderland and and Plymouth for example different sort of defeats where you feel like town have really tested them and come out maybe on the on the wrong side of the game but in this game they they didn't lay glove on them so so for you Hutchie where where where's that come from where was the problems
1: uh I think it. We talk about Rotherham being a well-oiled, well-oiled machine, um, mm. and that's exactly what Paul Cook wants his Ipswich Town team to be. It's all very defined um, in what he wants his teams to do. He want he wants his fallbacks to maraud forward and and play as wingers. He wants his midfielders. He wants them to sit deep and and stroke the ball around to the flanks, um, spread the play work teams around and find space he wants his wingers to be able to cut inside and make darting runs towards the box in order to allow the fullbacks to get beyond them and and test the box and then he wants his striker to be and a number 10 to kind of be Johnny on the spot to be to be there to put the ball in the back of the net and that that's all that's all kind of falling down at, at the moment and and while it might seem incredibly harsh to to pinpoint Individual area of the team where that's falling down because let's be honest, there are plenty of areas of the team where that aren't working as you'd want. But for me, the one that's kind of letting it all down a bit is what the fullbacks are able to do because that then impacts every mm. other every other role within the team. Um, and the fullbacks aren't giving; they're not giving Ipswich the the attacking threat that that allows the midfield to look good in those roles that then allows the, the attacking wingers to kind of get inside and it's all just falling. It's all falling down there. Last night, I thought the real problem was just that the pace of the team, not necessarily in terms of running speed, but just one pace. It was very one-paced and um, there wasn't an awful lot in there to kind of change the tempo of the game, to change where the game was being played, to to change... Just to change the, the speed of the Ipswich attack and, and it all looked quite predictable. Um, mm. and for a team like Rotherham, who are as organized as they come, they'd back three in there of three like Macaulay bombers battling away against kind of three big centre backs and didn't have a sniff. Mm. Um, if you're predictable against that, they're they're quite good at, at predicting what you're going to do and and mm-hmm. stopping it. And them. and for me that's that's where the issues
0: the issues were were last night okay what did you make of the, the team clements obviously he stuck with him at left back um know it right back we talk a bit more about that maybe the fallback issue after this but then um the, the big question is always who's which three play behind macaulay bond really isn't it and, and last night mm. it was basically three number tens playing behind yep. macaulay bond what did you make of that
1: yeah i think uh, i tweeted before the game <laughs> that that was three three number tens it'd be interesting to see how that worked um i thought I was hoping that, that having those three players in there would lead to plenty of kind of rotation within the game and mm. maybe some un- some unpredictability about where these players would pop up and what they'd be able to do and they could roam around and, and look for pockets of space. So, it, Connor Chaplin did that, um, some roaming. Um, Scott Fraser, I thought, was as, as good as any of them in there. His touch was really good. He's able to turn... Um, out of tight areas and work the ball into better ones um Selena didn't have his best night but i think all in all that that area didn't didn't function particularly well at all um mm. if, if talking about the teams being one pace that's really the area of the team that I'm looking at for that for that kind of criticism is is focused on that area of the team really there's just nothing really in there that was able to, to change the pace of attack and, and be able to link up with Bon ahead of them. And that's, mm-hmm. um, that's why they didn't really have a shot. They didn't have a shot on target until a, a sort of a looping tame Joe Piggott header in stoppage time. So mm. um, not good, not good at all.
0: Um, One of the things that gets levied quite a lot at, at Paul Cook now, when I said Lambert, um, it feels sometimes a little bit like that, doesn't it? With these, after these games, um, is that he's got no plan B? He's he's rigidly stuck to this four-two-three-one. He's not going to change it, no matter what. Uh, and he's going to make like-for-like like substitutions. Um, and substitutions has been something we've we've talked about on a, a few times this season. Um, how late he's left it and and what they are. Where do you stand on that debate? Is he too rigid? Has he? You say last night, Town was very pedestrian and, and struggling to create anything. Should he have changed it up, switched it up, changed formation, thrown a? I, mean, I know Piggott got a whole twenty minutes last night, which is, which is a lot for him at the moment. But what about what do you think? Um, we talked about formation a lot on here, haven't we? Mm. And, I've, and I've
1: always said that I like the system that Paul Cook mm. plays. I, I, I do. I think I, I, if you've got the right pieces to make it work, then. Then it's it's great to watch. I've watched so many teams play that over the years and play it really really well. Watch Paul Cook teams, even Ipswich teams, play that really really well. But the pieces, the pieces didn't fit together to form the puzzle um, in in this one. And I, I don't, honestly, I don't know. What, when people talk about change the system, I, I don't know what you're necessarily thinking about changing it to, like. Mm. Yes, you can put on Joe Piggott and play two up front, but we saw that last night and there was no delivery in, into the box for him whatsoever. Um, by that point, you'd got... Who'd you got on? You got Matt Penny on at left back who, to his credit, um, showed a lot more willing to get balls into the box than than um, the, the team were in the, the previous hour or so without him on mm. the pitch. However, those balls into the box weren't particularly good. So... There was nothing for the strikers really to feed off. Off there, it's um, it's an interesting one. Yes, you would, you would want some kind of of Plan B, but I, I kind of res- I respect that Paul Cook is is very rigid in, in something that he believes and something that's been successful because clearly that's what they work on at the training ground. Mm-hmm. Lee Johnson was saying after the game on on Saturday up at Sunderland that the reasons why he didn't switches formations Mm -hmm. just because he believes it takes three weeks or a month to kind of install it if you were to install a new offense (laughs) um but um I I don't think that's going to happen with Paul Cook is it I don't think he's going to spend three weeks working on something new when he's still so wedded to to plan a because then you're you're neglecting you're neglecting plan a it's um it's an interesting one. I'm not sure what they would change it to. There there are subtle tweaks, so you could mm. is going 4-3-3, really any different to 4-2-3-1? I'd probably argue no. It's what you're doing there. That's dropping one midfielder a little deeper whereas if you've got the the right personnel on the pitch, you can do that sort of anyway. Um, yeah. So honestly, I don't think it's I don't think it's systems. I think it's the players that are and not necessarily through any lack of effort or from, from them. It's just the pieces aren't fitting together to form the puzzle. I quite like the puzzle when it's, when it's done, it's a good picture of the Cornish, of the Cornish coastline or or something like that. But at the moment there's some pieces missing and um, yeah, it's that you can't really solve that just by putting Joe Piggott up front.
0: Always happens in jigsaws, don't it? You always lose bits. I haven't got the patience for jigsaws. That me neither. Probably, that probably won't surprise you to learn. Yeah, it's not uh, for me. I'm not I'm not a jigsaw man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mate. So if it's if it's players, it's personnel, um, and we're looking for the, the right bits. What are the right bits? We've we've talked about fullbacks there. Junoy Dinachin is someone who's been praised to rightly praised, I might add, to mm-hmm. high heavens this season. He's come in he's had a real stability to that that position, um, which was lacking. Under under with KBY, there we saw obviously that the Bolton game was the big turnaround there where Genoi came on for KBY and was essentially saving the team since. But he's not by any definition an attacking fullback, is he? He's he's a, he's a func- functional, not fancy fullback. Um, and on the other wing, you've got now got Bailey Clements, who's 21 years old, and I think again, you'd say he's not, although he's willing to get forward, he's not your classic attacking fullback. So in terms of you saying the fullbacks aren't working, does that mean change them? Get Kvy back in and bring Penny in, for example, or Coulson? Well, I don't know.
1: Just... Coul- Coulson's a, a mystery. It's really hard to to tie Paul <laughs> Cook down on where <laughs> any of these players are at at the moment. Um, if Coulson was fit, and we don't know if he is or when he might be, um, that's a that's a conversation certainly worth having because it it Mm -hmm. feels like he's the kind of number one left back but we don't know where he is or or when he'll be available so it seems it's hard to discuss that but with 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 Denasian he I think he's improved in terms of his ability to get forward he certainly has like remember we're talking about that last minute assist for the Fleetwood goal winner Mm. of Salinas he's got better But I think the reason he's been so successful in this team and will continue to be very useful to Paul Cook is that at the time, after that Bolton game, the big trouble was conceding goals, wasn't it? Yeah. They were conceding silly goals and um, at silly times. And I think at at that point, he was what they needed, a stabilising figure who who could do it. He could get forward and he still Mm. can, Um, particularly when he plays with Wes Burns. He's a big miss at the moment. We'll get on to him in a minute. when he gets forward he he's fine. The crossing isn't always on, on the money, but he was what they needed. When you're then trying to it's a delicate balance now, but now the aim is to try and get those goals back again that have gone missing. You then naturally start to think about Kane Vincent Young, don't you? Who's the more flamboyant, sort of adventurous, dynamic fullback. Mm. Um the right that's the right side. Um the left side is a bit of a it's a bit of a mess, I would I would say at the moment, and under, I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Bailey Clements at this point, because he's done very well to get, probably unexpectedly, he's played the last four and a half games for Ipswich at, mm. at left back. Um, I don't think anybody would have expected him to be have that level of involvement. At, back in the summer, he's got through the games, but he's not. I, the Oxford game aside, I'm not sure he's adding an awful lot to mm. to to it to the team. He, he's getting through them, and he's by no means disgracing himself in there. But I think I think they need more from that position. I don't think Matt Penny's necessarily that answer either. Um, for me, that's a position that they should really. Assuming Colson is, you've got to assume at this point that he's a bit of an injury risk. Um, that would be a position for me that you're looking at for January in terms of in terms of left back because they they're so important to Cook's teams. Um not entirely convinced they've got the answer in house at the moment. But then you have to think about what's ahead of them as well. It's not it's not just all on the fullback. It's about what's ahead of them in the team.
0: Yeah. Is there any we've discussed it before, is there any mileage do you think in the short term at least, not knowing how long Coulson's going to be out for and what the state of play is with Penny. Is there any mileage at all in Bringing Kvy in to play right back and shifting Genoi over to left, you reckon? Or I think I'd probably do it the other way around, Actually, okay. But,
1: um, <clears throat> I, I don't. I don't know. You, you could do it on a match by match basis over which hmm. which side you need which player, but I, they can both play right and left back. It's um, absolutely something I'd be. I would be
0: thinking about at, at this point. Okay. Something else I know you think about a lot is Wes Burns and his magnificent flowing hair. Um, you, you're. Clearly a fan of Wes Burns. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are. Um, and he brings something kind of unique to this side, doesn't he? And it has been a big miss not having him around for the last couple of games. Um you talk a little bit about missing the Burns factor? Yeah,
1: he's had his quiet games recently, hasn't he? I, I'm losing track. Was it the the Oxford game where he was incredibly quiet? There's been so many of them in such a short space of time. I yeah. think it was the Oxford game. Um, but in general, in general, he's been the most consistent player in that attacking Attacking three, Macaulay Bond loves playing with him um, mm. because he gets balls into the box, uh, largely on the floor, which I think is where Bond wants them mm. as well. Um, he's just direct; he can change the pace of an attack, um, and at the same time, I think he he links up well with Danasian at, at, at right back as well. I think they're the they're the right side. I think they're missing him. They I, I don't feel like they've ever got the blend right in that three behind behind Bon um, and it's hard to it's hard to know what what that blend is Selina was a long way from his best last night yeah but but he's he's the burst. Selina I was expecting I think we talked about this a few times before as well he's the burst. Selina I was expecting them to have in terms of can be very very quiet at times mm. um, when he gets the ball looks positive isn't Always able to pull off what he wants to do, but then occasionally comes up with an absolute masterclass of a of a moment. That's the player I thought they'd signed, and, and that's the player they're getting. Um, so if if we're talking about what the blend is going forward, I'd be if Burns was available, I'd play him probably every time. Um, I think we maybe learnt from last night's game that if Burns isn't available, as much as his end product hasn't been there. Kyle Edwards maybe is someone you need to think about just for something a bit different, just a, a different player who can maybe try and unlock unlock something. Um, because if, if you haven't got somebody like that who can stretch teams, then yeah. you're not going to be asking them the right questions. A, a three of, of Chaplin, Fraser and Selina, didn't stretch Rotherham enough last night. They all wanted to do the same thing um, and, and it didn't necessarily stretch a defence that needed needed to be stretched. So... Yeah, he's got some work work to do to work out what his blend is there behind Bon, because that's what's going to get the team firing again. I think.
0: On the Edwards thing, we talked about um, lack of end product with him and and no assist, no goals. Do you think that it, that's in any way of being a bit harsh on Kyle? Because we talked about this, I think on on Monday's podcast, me and Suey talking about it, um, and we had a few comments afterwards from members of the Koa Army saying it's not his fault that players are missing chances that he's. Yeah. Rating, pointing out the Selina opportunity against yeah. Sunderland and, and others. So, do you think that's a bit too simplistic to say, oh, there's no end product from Carl Edwards when, if, you know, on other days, if players were putting those chances away, there would yeah. be end product?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a, a, a fair point. I think I, I thought he'd been slowly kind of improving um, mm. in, in recent weeks uh, before dropping out the team. But I think dropping out the team is going to be inevitable if you're, if you're not. And, and yes, we've just said there are, there are some um, points there where he could have produced some some numbers. Um, mm. But there's so many players that would want to play in that team in those positions that it's inevitable that if you're not kind of the headline guy at mm. some point, you're going to be you're you're going to be in sort of Stuart Watson's amber zone. And, <laughs> you don't want to be there, and, and you don't want to be there. Um, yeah. I I I like him. I think you have to have. For me, I think you have to have one of him and Burns in mm. the team, just just to tr- to have that threat to stretch the the opposition back line. Um, you have to have
0: that. I'm really interested in this this kind of combination of the three behind the front man. So indulge me a, a while longer. I always refer to it, and it generally in sport when you have a lot of good players for a numerous positions competition that's referred to as a good problem to have but in this case is it a good problem to have because it kind of almost like this you can't see the wood for the trees isn't it you've got mm. so many good players and so many options and possibilities that you don't really know where to play each of them to get the best out of fraser is someone who interests me because you sing his praises you boys a lot about his touch and his vision and that kind of stuff and and how you'd like to have him in the team but he's he's been all over the place, hasn't he? He came in as the best number ten in League One. In quotations, um, he's been played out left, wide. I know he played, he dropped back deep again last night. He's played there before as well. Um, where do you think Fraser's best position is?
1: Probably not in a four-two-three-one. <laughs> oh system. no, system. <laughs> um, but uh, I, in the Paul Cook system, I would probably have him as the ten. Yeah. Um, in a Paul, Cook system, um, that's that's difficult because Burst Selina has gone through spells, and let, let's not forget we've gone through spells where we talked about both Burst Selina and Connor Chaplin nailing mm. down the number ten position. Yeah. I think I don't think anybody at this point now, a few weeks on would necessarily say that burst selina has that nailed down i think the nails have come loose you've got your hammer in there and you've you've got your hammer under the head of the nail and you've clawed it out a little bit and he's he's still in the wood but he's yeah. not he's not holding the the two bits of wood together so um it's not it's not nailed down i don't know that, I don't, would, you, would you say anybody's got a position nailed down in that in that 3 uh, maybe burns oh, um who's probably. on the back of some poor yeah. games by his standards uh as well so it's a bit the original question about it's becoming a bit of a problem isn't it as Mm. we're here on the 24th of November and you're not you'd have thought there'd have been some kind of blend kind of come to the fore by this Mm. point um I think I think everybody would have come up with a different combination of 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 who you would have in there like I could sing the I could praise the sort of the merits of all of them like Chap Chaplin I like because he, he's busy he's hard working he gets in good areas he's ambitious mm. Selena can come up with the big moments Scott Fraser's got a brilliant touch and a, and a clever mind and I think he's probably the most likely to bring Macaulay Bond into into the games Sonny Aluko hasn't really let Ipswich down um mm. very sad to hear here last night he wasn't available because of yeah. the, the sad passing of, of his father it sounds like that was very much unexpected so how long he's not around for, I, I I don't know. But he he's not let Ipswich down. He's he's plays football in a very kind of controlled way. He's always in control of what he's doing. Um, Kyle Edwards uh, has got some magic in those feet. He just needs to learn how to how to apply it mm. uh, on a regular basis. Burns, obviously, we talked about is a, the biggest threat um, down that right side. Probably forgetting someone here as well, aren't I? I don't know, but it's, it's, I can sing the praise of all of them, but none of them have done it consistently enough to, to kind of nail down a position in the team. It's, it's a, it's a little bit bizarre. And there are maybe, there are maybe too many options to go into that. Hmm. Um, making it difficult for, making it difficult for, um, and then there's Louis Barry, who's just not a factor. Um, I'll
0: play beyond the 23s on Monday. Um, so, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I think he's the only one that's kind of played himself out, and played himself is harsh. But he's the only (laughs) one. Yeah, he's the only one that's not in probably in serious consideration for each one of these games. Like, uh, I don't know what Paul Cook
0: thinks his best three is there because it it just hasn't presented itself. With that in mind, we talk about like you know needing consistency mate is it just you just say right this is my three behind the striker I'm going to play Fraser in the 10 I'm going to go Edwards left I'm going to go Chaplin right or Burns right probably most realistically and that's who I'm going to play and I'm going to give them time and if it doesn't work out I'm going to give them another game it, it I suppose again that, that goes back to having so many other options though doesn't it because if you t- the temptation is you play them for one game it doesn't work and you go "Oh, it doesn't work and I'll change it again yeah yeah, well, Paul, Paul Cook. Well, Paul Cook is
1: loyal, isn't he? We've seen yeah. that. He, he he doesn't want to do that. He wants to. He wants to. Players to keep the shirt, and yeah. I I think he's probably been been true to that. Um, Selena, we did talk about him having the number ten position nailed down. He's kept that shirt, um, but there has to come a point where that becomes a consideration again, and I think we're maybe we're maybe there. Burns. I think had had some poor games, but um, obviously he's out at the moment with a hamstring problem. But I think he's done enough to have a shirt, and Paul mm. Brooks continued to give him that, give him that shirt. It's I'd love to, I'd, and I'm not sure it's a question that he w- he would answer straight. I don't think it is, but he must know. He must have a thought in his mind mm. of of what three he thinks is the best. In that, yeah. what he wants to play, he must, he must know that. Um, but there are obviously little factors at play that mean that can't happen. Burns has had niggling injuries. Aluko's obviously gone out of the side. Fraser had an injury. Um, Selina goes off on international duty and isn't around. Chaplin had back spasms. Like those mm. little factors have maybe got in the way of that. Mm. Along, that's all of the players we've we've spoken of. The Edwards, um, Edwards had an injury as well, didn't he, earlier in yeah. the season? And they've all had these little injuries that have taken them out, and it's all probably combined to, to make a a situation where it's not been possible to to land on a three, e-
0: mm. even if in his mind uh, he knows what that, he wants that to be. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, shall we draw a line under Rotherham there, Hutchie, um, unless you've got anything else to say, particularly about the game, um, and move on to who you spoke to after the game, the captain, mm-hmm. our yep. skipper, Sam Morsey. Now, when I texted you this morning I said, who did you get after the game? And you said Morsey. My reaction was, I bet he was pissed, knowing Morsey's quite a combative character. And you said, no, he's pretty calm. Um, and reading these quotes that have just gone online and will be our back page tomorrow, kind of saying that he thinks Town are clicking, that they're a, they're a good team, um, but in this case, Rotherham were just better. Um, so, what can you talk a little bit about Morsey after the game and, and what you think about what he told you?
1: Yeah, he w- he was calm, um, not in a way that makes you think he was calm kind of without caring. I think maybe yeah. he'd, maybe mm. he'd calmed himself down because he wouldn't have been happy to be mm. so round, roundly, roundly beaten by a, mm. by a, a better team. Um, he admitted they were the better team and said that that hurt for him to have to have to say that. But he did also stress that he thinks Ipswich are a good team that's coming mm. together and a clicking, um, which I can see where he's coming from. um, But I can all. I'm not necessarily sure they're fully clicking right now. I think they have clicked. They have Mm. had moments where they have clicked. Um, obviously we're talking about the most recent one being um at Wickham where they did. They were they were fully clicking that night. They were well on top. They they Mm. they dominated a, a a promotion chaser. So they have clicked. Um. But they're not clicking. They're not clicking right now. Obviously, Sunderland was a different story on Saturday. They, they should have won that game. They were the better side against a, a poor Sunderland team, but didn't take mm. their chances. But I think what his what his overall point is is that he, there's a team there that's ready to put together a, a winning, a winning run. I think for me, for me, with this Rotherham game, if it's not, it, it's concerning that once again they've not been able to sort of compete with with Rotherham we've seen that before and it brings back some some bad memories it makes you think of those Paul Lambert teams that just could not compete with mm. with Rotherham. not just Rotherham they couldn't compete with it. Paul Lambert's Ipswich which couldn't compete with any of those sides <laughs> at the top of the of the top of the league at, at times um this is a bit different it's concerning that they've been so roundly beaten by Rotherham again but they more than competed with Sunderland. They more than competed with with Plymouth and lost down there. Um, they certainly, they probably should have beaten Oxford as well um, again, but they couldn't score. Um, so they've taken, I, I, I hate to say, it, but if, if they have taken a leap from those Paul Lambert teams, but not a big enough one to... To be, to be where they want to be, and it all goes back. And we say this so many times. It's, it's apologies if it's getting quite repetitive, but it all goes back to the start of the season and and how slowly they came out of the blocks. Because if if which were were fourth right now and were mm. which which they, they they very easily could be if you rewrite history with the games that they should have they really should have won games in the first sort of ten mm. of this season, and they're right in the mix of it and okay they've come up against Rotherham they've run into a bit of a buzzsaw um they've been they've been beaten up again hopefully this is a different team different manager by the time they play them again in 2022 you need to learn a lesson and go with it you'd be you'd probably be okay with that hmm. but they've they they've just left themselves so much to do that that you can't you can't sit here after two defeats in four days against Sunderland and Rotherham and, and feel like that now because mm. they, they need to take points from, from games like this because the job is getting harder at a time when it really needs to be getting easier. Um, kind of week on week on week. Um, they, they're playing crew this weekend who are bottom of the table and, um, there 'll be a real expectation that they're not only that they're not only beaten this weekend that but, but crew are kind of very well beaten by by Ipswich um and that's a, a, a position that we didn't really want to be in coming towards <laughs> the start of December that that a game against a team like that is got so, got, got some pressure on it um, yeah. and and they've put themselves there because of the slow start a, a lot of these results could be a, li- a lot easier to stomach had they got the points on the board against the teams that they um,
0: they should have beaten earlier earlier mm. in the season. Mm. Okay. Um, I started this podcast by saying Rotherham United are who we thought they are, i.e. a bloody good team at this level, um, and then went on to say not sure who it's which town are. So Hutchie, we're approaching halfway in the season, 19 games now under their belts. They're 13th in the table. They're, they're eight points off the playoff spots. Um, who are Ipswich Town and and how do we feel about the whole project at the moment? Because clearly, you know, an unprecedented turnover of personnel in the off-season, as the Americans would say, Um, and a slow start, it was, a slow start kind of to be expected maybe in in those circumstances. But you look at the squad, high expectations, everyone's saying the right things off the pitch in terms of the owners and the, the kind of feeling. Um, but when it's all said and done, Ipswich Town are still 13th in League One. So, who are Ipswich Town? Do you think? And and where are we in this kind of big project? Are we? Is it fair to say we're behind where we should be at this at this point? I, yeah, I
1: yes, I, I I'm not sure what the kind of internal opinion would be on that if, mm. if they were talking about mm. it public publicly. But I, I, you have to say they're behind they're behind at this stage, and it's all because of that start yeah all because of, all because of that start um it it was they were slow out the blocks there were reasons to be positive amongst those games but at the same time they just lost silly silly points who are ipswich town that they're, they're still a work in progress but they're a work in progress at a time where we would have expected to see more progress um mm. the ownership um a phrase they use is having a healthy a healthy impatience for success, and I would expect that they were expecting this team to be higher up, higher up mm. in the table right now. I think everybody would say they expected to be higher up in the the table at this point. I, I don't think it's um, it's certainly time. There are certainly some worries to be had. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's it's time for huge huge panic um, because there is a still still a long way left in the season, but. Mm. Look, the gap is the gap is eight points to the playoffs, but Sunderland have also played two games less in sixth. Hmm. So, it's going to need, as we've been saying probably since the very the start of September, we've probably been talking about this. Now they are going to need they are going to need a seriously consistent run, and they're going to need that big blast at some point. I think at various points we've talked about how that that might not need necessarily need to come and they can just churn away and churn away and churn away and get the two points a, a game average by wins and draws. But I think they need more than that. Now they're mm. going to need, they're going to need what run, runs of three and four wins on the bounce and, and a few of them as well. And they're going to have to win return games against the likes of, of Sunderland and, and Oxford. And it, it's going to need a vast improvement in the second half of, of this
0: season. Um, if they're going to get to to where they need to go. And a real concern that the goals are drying up now. Because at the start of the season, that was the one thing we could say. I mean, we were predicting 2-2 most games, weren't we? Uh We were going to score uh, and they're also going to concede. But now the goals seem to have properly dried up. We talked a little bit on Monday about the kind of, it's maybe just levelling out where it should be. Because in terms of shots, Town are kind of low down in the division and goals, obviously, they're maybe above where they should be. And inevitably that will even itself out. Um, so now they're not really scoring and they and they're still conceding which is a big big worry isn't it
1: yeah well they they've sort of the ingredients for those goals are, are kind of drying up a bit like bon mm. we always we've been talking for weeks haven't we about bon inevitably having a bit of a a cold streak at some point that's yeah. three three games without a league goal for him now when he's such a heavy source of their goals wes burns is a heavy source of their their goals in terms of assisting and um, scoring them himself he's got a few himself obviously Hmm. um so yeah they're missing they're missing the pieces that make that happen and make that blend sort of tick so they need to find another way of of scoring those goals you'd want more from that three behind the the striker I think you'd want number 10 to be weighing in with more than they have been doing um and you'd want he talks about like Kyle Edwards' his lack of lack of goals. Like mm. he, those players need to contribute some goals. Obviously Lee Evans scored a hat trick, but um in after that Doncaster game was talk Cook was talking about how he'd been sort of telling Evans off for getting too far forward, which is what he wants his midfielders to do is a bit more of a sitter and, and open up play and spread the ball. So that's the big thing isn't it if they can start scoring goals again we talked about that giving Ipswich a puncher's chance in matches hmm. um if you're not scoring you you can't win so <laughs> hey! it's, it's, it's another it's another one of those very simple life lessons that you, <laughs> you, have, you have to score a goal to win a game um I'm really not sure what to think about this Ipswich team now because if I want to look at it and see see reasons to be positive I can but if I want to look at it and feel quite negative
0: about it I can do that as well it just depends what mood you catch me in mm. okay so a win is better than a loss now yep. in, the, in, the, in the Hutchie Pantheon by if you can't score you can't win so that's another one for the, the dressing room wall there <laughs> on paper Hutchie this weekend's game on by the way why is the game on Sunday we... uh, I think it's an, an option Paul Cook was asked about this
1: at the fans forum recently. Yeah. Um, um, it was an option taken by by Ipswich at a time when they felt it might alleviate some of that because some of their kind of travel might just give them that extra day um, here to, to kind of recover from a, a very long run of midweek games. As it's turned out, they now have another midweek game next weekend, next week. Uh, because of progression in the trophy. But I I I think obviously that would use a different group of players, but that's what Paul Cook said. They moved it. It was an option that they took um, to maybe save some legs a little bit. I I, I don't know for sure, but I I wonder whether it's, I think Norwich are at home on Saturday. I wonder if the fixture computer maybe threw up a very rare sort of clash of those two. Um, And one of them maybe was asked to move it. Ipswich. Ipswich, Ipswich took that option. And um, we'll play on Sunday at three o'clock instead. Which I won't lie, um, I quite like. It's uh, <laughs> something just a little bit different.
0: <laughs> yeah, plus, plus, you get Saturday off, which is nice. Um, but in terms of scoring goals, actually, this game—if you're struggling to score goals—what you want to see is is the, the team that's bottom of the table at home, in front of a you know your faithful fans, a, a crowd that's been sticking with the, the team all season and giving them fantastic support. That's what we want, isn't it? But now it feels like this game. There's kind of more pressure on it than there sh- there should be, because everyone's going to expect town to not only, as you say, not only beat crew, but stamp on their throat to use a Hutchism, and beat them three or four. So the longer that town go in this game without scoring, and God forbid they concede a goal, mm. the more pressure there's going to be, isn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you could. You, there was obviously some some displeasure amongst the amongst the fans last night who have been. I, I don't think anybody within the club can have any sort of complaints about how they've been backed this season. The support's mm. been exceptional, home, home and away. Um, but I think some old wounds got opened up last night, and um, sort of some old feelings came back for a lot of fans in the stadium. It's completely understandable. Um, and yes, I think most of those that turn up on um, on Sunday will be fully expecting a big win. C- crew of Conceded on, only, I think only Accrington have conceded more goals in the league this season. They've conceded thirty-four goals in nineteen games. That's as many as Ipswich have scored hmm. in their in their games. Um, so yeah, you, you look at it; it's, it, sh- it should be three points and a co- very comfortable three points. I, 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 you know, I'm I'm not going to come away unhappy if they win this one two 0 something like that. Um, doesn't doesn't need to be four or six, but a very comfortable win I'd, what I'd really like to see from them in this game is is just to come just to come out and not show any sign of nerves come out and be themselves come out and be mm. confident come out and be on top be the big boys at home um and deal with and deal with crew don't don't allow any kind of nerves to creep in because that can be a bit of a slippery slope if that's if that's how this team is starting to. Starting to to work, it's very hard to get out of that rut. But if they can come out and, and be authoritative in this game, that's that's what I want to see. It doesn't necessarily need to lead to an avalanche of goals, but I want them to be on the front foot throughout all of it and um and just try and show some people why why this work in progress is worth working towards. If you know what I mean, um, mm. just b- try and be themselves. That's that's um, your your question is who are Ipswich Town, and I don't think any result against crew is going to give us the answer to that question. Just like that six nil victory over Doncaster didn't provide all the answers to that question, but I'd like, I would like on Sunday, I would like this, whatever team Paul cook picks to come hmm. out and, and, Try just try and answer that question a little bit in in the way that you're able to against the team that's bottom of the league because you're not going to change people's minds by beating by beating crew. You're not going to all of a sudden make people forget about the fact they've they've not competed with Rotherham again and have started losing games to the top sides in the league. But what you can do is come out and and show who you think Ipswich Town are and just mm. and just be be yourselves, be yourselves and win. That's that's what
0: I want. That's what I want from them this weekend. Be yourselves, good good advice for any any walk of life. A team then still searching for their identity, as Paul Cook said famously now, searching for careful our, our souls. Our our, our souls. souls. Yes, that's right. That's what they're searching for. Um, and we'll see if they can find them against crew on Sunday. Hutchie, something we've not talked about for a while, because there've been a few pods where you've not been around, rightfully having a couple of days off. Um, million pound picks. I haven't heard hide and hair of this since I went off to those beautiful peaks. Um, where are we with million pound picks? I haven't asked you. We didn't sit, we didn't talk about this beforehand, so I don't know if you've got one for crew. Um, I just wanted to have a, a bit of a catch-up, mate, because I've, I've lost track of what kind of money you've got in the pot.
1: Okay. So the situation is the last <laughs> one we did was for the Wickham game. Um That's for various reasons. That was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. The, this this money uh this money's been sat in the account I, I don't know is the account that you set up for me for this has it got a good rate of interest on it or not um
0: i don't know mate i've got to be honest okay. it's kind of a hasty thing it's it's offshore as well so it may not be technically morally um, uh, above okay. board but you know we'll see okay uh well
1: anyway there, there's 800,000 pounds in there is, is, okay. What is is what is in the pot um frustratingly um because we're doing this so soon after the last game the uh, the odds that I want, uh, the the, uh, the sort of the betting markets that I'd quite like to enter <laughs> for 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 this game have yet to be published because we're doing it we're doing it too soon, uh, and the game's on Sunday as well, which probably yeah. means I'll do it a little bit later. But c- can I tell you what I actually want, what I want to do, and I'll uh, I'll put the odds down once they're published. Yeah, is that is that okay? Of course, yeah. So what I would like to do is Ipswich um Ipswich to win the game with a one goal handicap. Uh so that means to win by more than a goal. So to win by two goals or more. Yeah. And I'd like to do that in conjunction just with Macaulay Bond to get back on the back on the scoring trail, just to score. So um, town
0: town to win by two at least two goals and Bond to score. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what I'd like to do. Um both of those will be fairly decent. Fairly decent odds. Um, let me see if I can have a guess at what this
0: might be. Um, Eight hundred thousand pounds in the pot. Well, I'm not going to put all of it on. No, that's, no. That's,
1: that's, <laughs> a, um, I think I will probably put a nice hundred grand on it. Whatever. Yeah, I'll let you know the full the full details once it's available. What? But what I want to do is Ipswich to win by two or more. Yeah. Two goals or more and a Macaulay bond to to score a goal. That's
0: at any time in the game. A hundy goes on that. 100 bags yeah. from the million pound picks pot. Um, Hutchie, as you say, will put out the, the odds um, when they're out there because I know people love following the million pound picks and how we're doing. Um, Hutchie, anything else to talk about today? We've gone way over what we thought would be possible. We got a bit deep into the old uh, town team. We're now sitting on 45 minutes. Way past that half hour. Mark. Way. We'll cut we'll, just cut. we'll cut it. Off. We'll cut it off after half an hour. I'm not, I'm <laughs> leave people cut. wanting more. <laughs>
1: just cut. No, I've got no other. I've got no other business.
0: Fair enough. Well, friends, I hope you've enjoyed this kind of deep dive into what went wrong last night at Ipswich Town and what might be the way to put it right going forward. Um, just remind to support our sponsors Manscaped. Use the code ko at manscaped.com for twenty percent off and free delivery. And also look out, Black Friday is coming up on Friday. Um, lots of good deals, I'm sure, will be out there on the on the manscaped.com website. So check those out. Please hit subscribe uh, via your various podcast providers because that means you get this in your feed quicker than anyone else. And trust me, friends, you want that this week because the boy's hopefully going to sit down again with Mark Ashton at some point. Um, and that'll be there, hopefully, for you to listen to at some point this week. Um, leave us a five star review on iTunes because that helps us, again, visibility wise in the charts. And also follow us across all our social medias at Kings of Anglia at YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook. And Twitter. There you go. Then Ipswich Town. We're still searching for the soul, the identity of Ipswich Town. Hopefully, we'll find out what that is a bit more on Sunday. Have a great rest of the week, friends, and we'll speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to baseball, more great podcasts from Archon. Head to AudioBoom.com/slash/channel/slash/archon.